Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Playboys Extra. I'm the Dean, joined again by our Spanish correspondent, Mireya. And which, which play are we doing today? Luces de Bohemia. Luces de Bohemia. So that's just translated lights of Bohemia, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could be. By Ramon del Valle Inclán. Exactly. So I'd never heard of this guy and I'd never heard of this play, um, but I really, really liked it. So... It's not so famous, but it's my favorite one, so I know a lot about it. I'm always talking about this this play with my friends, or just when I want to explain something just smart or intel- trying to be intellectual, I'm always quoting Luther's de Bohemia. So do you want to tell us just for two minutes, just give us an idea who is this author, just to give us something. Yeah, so Ramon Maria del Valle Inclán is a Galician author that was born in 1866, long time ago, in a rich family. Not only rich because of the money, just but also rich for because they were so smart. They will they like to have a lot of books, a big library at home. So Ramon. Grow up, in a, grow up in a family with a lot of, of books. That explains mm-hmm. a lot. He went to the university to study law because his father was a lawyer. Okay. But he, he, in reality, he didn't want to go to the university. And instead of going to the class, he used to go to the coffees close to the university to have some um, debates, chats with different universitarian people good good about i like it yeah that problem at that moment uh when his father dies he leaves the university um goes to madrid he moves to madrid um in madrid he published his first books that is about some short stories and some articles in magazines then he goes to mexico and he discovers the the modernism style, this literary style. But um, just uh, around 11 months later, he comes back to Madrid and starts to write a lot. He publishes a lot of books. He has like 30 books, maybe. That's wow. Yeah, but most of them are plays, so they're quite short. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. He starts with a book that is called Femeninas. Six stories about love. Okay, good. Yeah, I I need to read that one, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And it's about uh, trying to copy the the French style. Hmm. But he wants to focus more in the reality that he's living in Madrid. Uh, That is a Bohemian Madrid. He likes to go to different coffees, pubs, bars mm-hmm. to have chats, um, arguments, debates. And he argues a lot. <laughs> he loses uh, an arm in an argument with someone. So. Wow. Goodness me. I just looked him up. So you said he's from Galicia. Obviously, I spent a lot of time in, in Galicia in the past. And he was born in... in uh, I've been in Villa Garcia de Arusa, but he was born in Villa Nova de Arusa, which is a little farther away. But he died in Santiago de Compostela. And when this episode comes out in a few weeks, I'm going to be there. So, 
So you have to visit Ramon de María de <laughs> So, um, at the beginning of the 20th century, the 20th century, he published a lot of books about fantasy, poems, romanticism, maybe. But at the same time, he tries to make a joke with these books about this society. Yeah. It's like he started to make his own style, but it's Desperpento. Yeah. Yeah, we looked it up yesterday. There is not any translation, Desperpento. It's just... Something that is disgusting, grotesque. Yeah, it mentioned a grotesque view on society, looking at people almost as objects, that kind of thing. But that's his his style, I guess. Exactly. So between the 1910 and 1920, he didn't publish too much due to the, the wars we are living in Spain, but also in Europe. He... He writes more articles about in different magazines about the, the society and which is what is happening around the world. And in 1920, he published four books in one year. One of these books is Luthers de Bohemia. The one that and we're going to do. New style, just trying to make a social play, talking more about the society and the contemporary society. Because the the other books, the other plays were more about the middle era and these fantasy books about dragons, princes, castles. Mm. So really different. And we should say this is um, this is picaresque, right? It's not a it's not a picaresque novel in the sense of um, Don Quixote, but as a play, it's still very picaresque. Yes, the picaresque is more like a style of. Cervantes, the author of Don Quixote. Yeah. He has a lot of books in the idea of the these people that is living around the, the roads the, during the Middle Era, uh, stealing money and everything. That's an idea from Cervantes. So Bayin Clan is like the same, but in the modern era. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's have a look at who's in this play, the dramatis personae, shall we? So the main character is Max Estrella, right? Max, Max, um, Mala Estrella is his nickname, so that's... But his wife and daughter there as well, Colette and Claudinita, but they're not really so important, just in the beginning and the end. And the second main character is Don Latino de... Hispalis. So basically, Max is a blind poet, and his friend Don Latino, he's, um, what shall we say? He, he Well, basically, his name is referring to the Latin Quarter of Paris, you said, yeah? Exactly. Because uh, they said that they met, met each other in Paris. In the, yeah. In Paris, in the Latin Quarter. Then we have Zarathustra. Mm-hmm named after the character from Nietzsche, kind of not quite as much of a sage. I've never read the, the Nietzsche stuff, actually. Um, I mean, to be honest, there's lots. I'm not going to name them all here, but we've got Don Gay. We've got um, Pique Largatos. We've got Enriqueta Lapisa Bien. El- Why is the King of Portugal in the play? I don't know. It's called the King of Portugal. Is the husband of uh, Enriqueta Lapisa Bien, mm-hmm. and it's called the King of Portugal because in that moment the change on the, the money with the money in Portugal was so low, so the the money in Portugal changed into the money in Spain was like nothing. So is he's like a poor guy? So that's is why. He is the king of Portugal. Okay, okay. I didn't really get that joke or that reference or what was happening with him. And then there's a bunch of others, including some modernist students led by Dorio de Gadex. But I think the others we'll just mention as they they come along. But those are the main ones. Exactly. So, yeah, I will say the same. I will divide them in different groups. Like we have Max Estrella and Don Latino de Hispanic as it's just by their own and then the family the modernist groups the students that we have inside Crumen Darío that is a 
a real author that was living at that moment. He's the main representative of the um, of the modernism, but in poetry, not in in plays. Yeah. So also the the um, police that is the name of the police. Did you realize that is like a kind of joke? Mm, I don't remember, but let's remind me when we get there and I see his name written down. <laughs> um, it's not like a real joke with the name, but Colin Petito, that is something like a small... Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Trying to make a joke about it. So we disagreed about how many scenes were in this play because my version says 15 and yours says 12, right? Exactly, mine self says 12. So I'm going to go through it, but we might differ a little bit on the timeline, I guess, um, when, on when a scene changes. Presumably, they're still the same content. So I have 15 relatively short scenes. Uh, it's not a long play. You can read it in, in one sitting. Mm. Um, we open with um, our main characters, right? So Max is there, Max, Maximo Estrella, along with his wife and daughter, and... I mean, what we learn really in the opening scene is that he's, well, he is a blind poet, but we learn that he's he's kind of poor now. And I guess that makes sense. He's only recently become blind and he's not able to write. And his wife is writing for him, um, but not so well. These details emerge later. But all we really learn in the opening scene is that they're not doing so well. They're poor. And he thinks they should all commit suicide. Yes, he's a reference to Goethe. Yes. Goth, I guess. I don't know how that's actually pronounced. I've never heard anyone pronounce it. But yeah, so he thinks that, you know, himself and his wife and, and daughter should all commit suicide. And then Don Latino appears and convinces him to to leave with him. They're going to... Yes, to go to the, go the book town, club to ask for the money. Books. Yeah, so some someone owes them some money, I guess. So they're going to go and get some money for the books, and that's that's the first act, basically. That's the first. It's not split up into acts and scenes the way like a Shakespeare would be. It's just one act, fifteen scenes. So we move on to the second scene, and we meet. Uh, we're in the cave of Zarathustra. So do you want to do you want to tell us a little about Zarathustra? So you told me that, because I didn't know about the connection with Nietzsche having having never read it. It doesn't have a real connection with the character of Nietzsche and didn't read either um this uh, spoke Zarathustra. But it's like trying to make a joke with this as he's a kind of sage because he's caring about books. But at the same time, he is not a sage. He's just someone that wants to make money with books. Yeah. So okay. it's that. So, I mean, already it's gotten a little bit strange because we have some animals. Um, there's a cat and things like that already making noises. There's the parrot. And the parrot, of course, is saying Viva España, right? So the parrot's parroting, you know, the patriotism, essentially. Exactly. And, also, yeah? There, just, um, they said, like, well, I don't know how to translate, but Mal Polonia recibe un extranjero. That is a reference to Madame Bovary. Yes, so Mal Polonia receives a stranger, I guess. I don't really know exactly what it's saying. Yeah. Hmm. Then we we also meet Don Gay in this scene. So that's Don Peregrino Gay or Don Gay Peregrino. Yes, and seems he like he's been in England. He's been in England, and he's telling them how great England is. <laughs> exactly. Like, as a person who lives in the UK but thinks Spain is infinitely superior, I find this scene interesting and strange because they're saying, you know, Spain's kind of crappy, but England was amazing. And I'm thinking, really, was was England was England amazing at this time? Yes, and you. They also talk about the religion. Yeah, there's a couple of times in the play where they, they talk about religion and this is the first one of them. Exactly. And just trying to make a compare with religion uh, that we have and the revolutionary movement in Russia. 
Yeah. And there's some sarcasm or some irony when Zarathustra also sort of talk, you know, when the when the parrot's saying Viva España and she kind of says, uh, he says, you know, yes, you know, esta buena España. Um, I'm trying to think, not, not a lot else really happens in this scene, I suppose. We just meet those characters, as you say, they talk a little bit about their religion. They compare England to Spain. And he goes on a lot about England. He always reminds me, it's kind of annoying, like anytime you're talking about anything, it's like, ah, yes, but in England, did you know they do it this way? And it's like, right, okay, we've, we've had enough of, of your... <laughs> compare our country that yeah believe this is not the best one we could have with a real one so him is england maybe because of the democracy maybe because of the king mm. he seems to imply that england is more religious actually but that surprises me i would have thought that spain has always been a lot more religious than england uh, spain maybe is more religious just and in the outside, but not inside. I don't know how to say. You know, people as the how they act in this play, they're not like in the religious moral. Yeah, that's that in this play at least. That's that's true. That's fair. Yeah. In reality, too. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> so that's that's the second scene, I guess. I don't think anything else happens there. Mm nothing and then they go to la taberna de pica lagartos yeah so what does pica lagartos mean it's a name um don't know i really don't know it's just it's the same it's trying to put a an animal in instead of a person yeah because with pica and i thought this means but i googled it and it just translated it to a crocodile and i was like well but but I don't think that's right. <laughs> and then here we we meet um, Enriqueta La Pisabien or La Marquesa del Tango. You know, yes, the, mar- the, mar- the Marquess of Tango, I guess. She cannot walk well. She has a problem. She has a problem on her feet or something and she cannot walk well, so that is why she's a La pisa bien. Right. <laughs> so we've got these funny names. This is the kind of thing that we see even in Dickens, for example, giving people names that tell you something about their character. So that's that's um, something I'm used to. So that's good. The same with La Marquesa del Tango. Yeah. You're dancing and you have, to, you have to be really well with your feet, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, so she can do the tango, I guess. They're talking about a lottery ticket? Yeah, so it comes up again at the end, but they talk a lot about it here, about this lottery ticket. I think the significance of the lottery ticket was lost on me a little bit. I mean, I, I guess they want the ticket to win money, just that's that's it, right? Okay. It's what happened um, with the ticket later. Mm-hmm. Because they argue a lot about wanting um, a particular ticket and things like that. Uh, yes. I don't really know why they wanted that one in particular. Yeah, the only important thing is that they're saying that this is the winner ticket. That's yeah, it. so this ticket has already won. Uh, I don't think uh, so, right? No. 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 So it's yeah. So it's strange that they all want it then. Like they wouldn't know. It's I don't know. That's unusual. They have some money issues between them that we don't really know. Mm. Yeah, I guess they have some something going on. And they drink. So at this point, Max starts to drink. They're in the tavern, so. Um, and there's a drunk guy around. And he keeps on saying, Craneo Previli... I can't pronounce this now. Previligiado. Craneo Previligiado. That is... It's, it's wrong written. Because it's not pre... It's privilegiado. It's with an I instead of a E. Ah, okay, so it's, it's it's typed wrongly, yeah. But it just means pr- privileged brain, I guess, right? Exactly. Minds or yeah. But they are saying it like in a wrong way, trying to realize this part. But Inclan wants always to show the like talking the same same time with Latinisms, Latin mm-hmm. expressions, and um, popular expressions at the same time. So. Don't know, it's just 
he tries to make an intellectual joke. Okay. So Max explains that his family don't have any, you know, money or food. Um, and then they have more drinks, basically, with the, with the Marquesa. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll fix everything, right? <laughs> now, let's see what else. This is a slightly longer scene. So in comes the Rey de Portugal, right? Her husband, the, the King of Portugal. And he said that initially he kind of says that his wife, you know, tells his wife to, to, to leave with him. But then he stays and I think he joins with the drinks in the end. Because he's not going to pay. Yeah, because he's not going to pay for the drinks. So, so that's fine. And um, during while they're talking, we, we can read that there's a strike on the, a riot on the street. Yes, there's a strike in the street. We also, well, it's not really massively important, but Max complains because um, they compare him with Castellar, who you've told me was the president of the first Spanish Republic. Exactly. So some political um, fodder as well. Exactly. Um, Yep. During the world um, play, we have this social and political context because in in that year in Barcelona there were a lot of uh, working class strikes mm-hmm. and them a lot also they have was a controversial moment in in Spain because the police was able to shoot people because if they wanted to shoot someone they could and we could see them after mm-hmm so they mentioned, yeah, the, the 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 tavern guy, you know, runs in and says there's strikes in the street and the king of Portugal kind of says, you know, live the proletariat. Um, so is this author, you know, he's got problems with capitalism. Is he communist? We don't know, don't know enough. He right. talked about he was openly communist, but... Yes, maybe mm. not humans, maybe anarchists, because the on the even better. Uh, he instead of using the the esperpento, he used the realism. You know, in, in, when the prisoners is on the street, that is only in two scenes. Yeah, in uh, the we don't have any this kind of esperpento quotes or directions. He's just talking about his beliefs, the the author, not the the characters. Well, he used the characters to talk about his beliefs. So maybe he's an anarchist instead. But, you know, in that was written in 1920, so three years after the Russian Revolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the scene closes with, they, they mention um, you know, the strikes that are happening in the street. They mention the lottery ticket again. And... Then that's the scene. The scene closes. Then seems like um, Enriqueta has gone with the ticket, with the lottery mm-hmm. ticket, and they go to have it again. So we move on to scene four, which I'm just checking. I think it's one of the longest scenes um, of all. So Maximo Estrella and Don Latino de Hispalis. They're out in the street now. Exactly. So this to... is kind of each scene. They're just like in a different place. Like that's why it's picaresque. They're just kind of wandering around from place to place with each chapter, if you will. You know. They're going to La Modernista. That is a coffee. Mm-hmm. Full of modernist people. Um, and it's like it, well, it mentions here, you know, drunk lunatics and philosophers. So. Exactly. Um, here he wants to the author wants to criticize these modern authors and instead of talking what, about what was happened in, in Spain in that moment they're talking about love flowers and these things that you like things that I like so I wanted to ask you because these modernist guys, these kind of student types, they, they come across as a bit silly, but I wasn't sure, like, was that intended? Because I do like the love and the flowers and things, so I don't know. It's 
but I also I also noticed they come across it's a they're kind of a caricature of like a bunch of student types, you know. Exactly. I don't so like already at this point, Max is saying things like "estoy muerto." Uh, he he starts to bring that up a little bit, and that'll come up again much later. Where he says, "Well, they mentioned that they're going to la." Buñoreria Morenista. Yes. They wrote they Rodari Beber Estoy Muerto. And then they they start to talk just about the, the cafe. But yeah, that's the first time he makes that reference and he'll start to talk a lot about wanting to die and things later. Yes, he has a lot of reference during the, the ball play about uh, he's going to die. Yeah. Well it's the first time, sorry, apart from when he says in the beginning that he wants to, you know, the family to commit suicide. This is the first time during the travels that death gets mentioned. So La Buñolería Modernista is a real place. Ah right. That's his name. Uh, it is the the Chocolateria San Ginés. And if you go to Madrid, you can see a lot of um, letters with saying that this was this place in Luces de Bohemia. Nice. I'll have to try to go there when I'm back in Madrid uh, in a month's yeah. time. Well, I'm only there for one day, so it's going to be tight, but... It's close to the centre, so you okay. can go. <laughs> I'll try to go. So there's a little bit more about the lottery ticket, and they mention the Russian Revolution in passing as well, um, and that they're going to die um, without seeing revolution in Spain. That is true. The yeah, outro? that's true. There, there was, was there ever really a revolution in Spain? Um, the Spanish Civil War we can consider a revolution because okay. it was not only a civil war, was all, but also a revolution in the Republican side. Mm-hmm. So Bayen clan died three months before the, the Spanish Civil War. Right, goodness, so you just missed it. That's something interesting to say so let's let's meet these uh, this rabble of of idiots um dorio de gadex is the i guess he's the main one but there's also a whole bunch of other ones um i'm not gonna name them all there's there's no point um but they all come in and they all respect max because he's a poet right so he's they call him a teacher and things like that he's the he's respected i guess within that kind of community Yes, but maybe it's they also um, they also want to say that um, maybe Max was important in the past. He was an important poet or something. Yeah, I mean there is this theme throughout the book that Max has been. He always mentions that he's been forgotten now, but he used to be an important poet. And um, so I guess that's a part of his character. Um, you know, generally. And so Dorio complains about, you know, he mentions you're a poet. So initially they have a disagreement. He says that, you know, you're a poet, but your poems are kind of aristocratic. Um, so they, they start with a disagreement, but they do kind of make up, you know, later we see them as the play goes on. But yeah, the, the initial thing is this idea that they're not in the same, this kind of alienation of ideas, right? Exactly, because Max is saying, I feel people. I feel like people. Yeah. Yo me pueblo. So be the translation. Mm. Then we have a bit about wanting Max, quite a long bit, I guess, about whether or not they should get Max a seat at the Academy. And it looks like there's a seat vacated by Galdos, right? Exactly. But he doesn't want it. He so he's not in, in fitting with that kind of thinking, I guess. I didn't really understand why he didn't want it, but he doesn't want it. He's not an academist. He's- He's not on the academy. He's outside because he's a bohemian. Yeah, but he's struggling. I would take anything I could get. But yeah, he's sticking to his values. You know, that's fine. That's fine. And, you know, they mention kind of that he's, you know, he is more in this old-fashioned kind of style. So Dorio talks a bit with Don Latino as well. We get all these other guys, Perez and Clarinito and everything. But they, we just kind of get introduced a little bit to the other characters um, not a lot happens in the middle of the scene. They do like a big poem or song or something together, and there's a chorus of modernists um, 
in kind of like the Greek style of, of doing a play with the chorus. So I did like that. And then we have the, the police arriving. Petito. Petito. Mm -hmm. So they, I mean, the, the long and the short of it is they, they eventually arrest Max, right? That's the summary of this. Yes, okay. He has some, some things like uh, at your Santa Lucia, that Santa Lucia is the protector of the blind, yeah, blind people. <laughs> yeah, well, and they seems like they they're going to the to jail. They, I'm not a hundred percent sure why they take him to jail. To be honest. I know there was riots and things like that, but he wasn't really involved. And now he's here with all these modernists, but again, he's not really one of them. Like, I don't really know why they picked out on him, other than just his attitude. He's not cooperative. You know, he argues with them when they when they they come. I guess I guess that was enough. <laughs> yeah, because of that, and um, also just as I I said before, um, during this time, the police could do whatever they want. Yeah. So they could shoot people in the middle of the street because they wanted to do it and they didn't have any problem with that. So the same, just taking people to prison. Yeah. And the police refer to themselves, you know, as authority, you know, I am authority. And I don't really like that. There's a bit of arrogance um, there. That he's an, Maxina is an authority. Oh, the... No, yeah, the, the other guy mentions, uh, uh, El Sereno. El Sereno, that was the lowest police in yeah. Spain. <laughs> so that's there's the joke. And <laughs> they don't really care that he you know, he mentions that they can tell him to walk and he mentions that he's blind and he can't get around and they don't really care. Um, let's see what happens next. So they, yeah, at this point, the Dorio says that we're all going to go with the I don't know, a comp well, Acompañamos al maestro, so they're all going to go with the teacher, I guess, with the poet. Exactly. Um, we go to the fight scene. Right? Fight scene in which he goes. Yeah, I'm the... just checking. There's nothing else. There's a little bit. There's one more page in the scene, but nothing really happens. They all just, um, they go with him, I guess, and they, they talk a little. Nothing of importance happens. So, yeah, we move on to scene five. They go to the this government ministry. They go to the, the ministry, well, Ministerio de, de la Gobernación, just Ministry of Governance? Like, is that not every ministry? What's a kind of um, institution like okay. in which the police, the police was? So, okay. The police, we could say that was the police. And it, for me, it was so funny how this is, scene starts with the Max uh, dialogue. Saying here I have uh, una pareja de guindillas detenida. So do you want to explain that to us? Yeah. Instead of saying that he is arrested by the police, he's saying that he arrests the police because they were drinking in, in inside of a bar. Right. And he asked them to go for to the chain with him. So he's making a joke, like saying, yeah, here I come with these two that. Mm -hmm. And now we have the bit where they, they essentially say a guard says what the charge is to Serafina El Bonito, uh, inter gritos internacionales. So basically pub public scandal and well, international shouts, but I guess really what they mean there is communism. Yes. Yes, <laughs> of course internationalism i guess was synonymous with communism at that point um maybe more than communism is more like a working class movement mm. yeah more maybe slightly more generally yeah and seraphine el bonito does not like it when max calls him seraphine el bonito because it's like a nickname of course yeah make a joke of him and max points out that he knows the minister and he wants to see the minister and I guess Seraphine is initially reluctant, 
but they are they do eventually let him see the minister. Um, Don Latino is there. He's accompanying Max, um, and he calls Max a great national poet, the Victor Hugo of Spain. And yes. once the guards grab him, so this is interesting. Once the guards grab him, Max immediately says that they're killing him. Give me a But they're not. They're not killing him. But this, this, uh, maybe it's not because they're going to kill him, and he thinks he's they're going to kill him. It's more like. Oh, yeah, came as a no. Well, yeah, he. I think he's a bit overdramatic in this, but I think you mentioned this is essentially a moment of realism within the play, right? Where he's actually in jail now. Mm-hmm. Um, here's like the first part of this ton- of this play. I mean, it's divided in three parts, and the realistic scenes that is the next one cuts the three parts. Mm-hmm. So, scene six, I guess. He's in the jail. Yes. So, let's r- rattle through this one quickly. Um, what happens? Yeah, so he asks, uh, What is El Preso? The prisoner. Ah, just the press guy. Okay. Yes. It's straightforward as it sounds then. Um, so he's a chat with him and they ask if he's anarchist and he says we're, we're of the same thinking um, at one point because they have hatred towards the system and the laws. So maybe maybe he is anarchist. And he's Catalan. So, yeah, according as I said before, during these uh, years, there were a lot of working class movement in Catalonia. And the prisoner says... He says they need to do the same as Russia again. Yes, exactly. And he isn't in jail because he didn't want to to go to the war that is the war against Morocco they have in the 1910. Mm-hmm. There's the tragic, tragic week in, in Barcelona was a big movement of mothers uh, asking for the children to not go to the to the war because they yeah. will die. And eventually the turnkey comes and takes the uh, takes him away and he says that they're going to kill him, but we never see him again, so we don't know. We see him. We see him again. Do we? Yes. Yes, maybe not as... Uh, not turning with him, but some... So maybe we see him again, I don't remember. But next we move to scene seven, right? Yes, yeah, what we have here, we have the this modernist group and Don Latino. And that's yes. they're talking about the society and how to solve, maybe. Yes, so Dorio de Gadex and his uh, cohort of modernists are talking about to Don Latino, a little bit of politics, a little bit of societal things. I mean, I don't think nothing really important happens in this scene, does it? No, nothing important. It's just um, the author criticizing these modernist groups. At least we they have a a full scene for them, and they're they're not saying anything at the end. Nothing yeah. really bad. More or less like. He's, the author says about the, the modernist poetry. Yeah, I'm just scanning it again. Um, there's a nice line where one of the chaps, Don um, Filiberto, says, In España podrá faltar el pan, pero el ingenio y el buen humor no se acaban. That is completely true. <laughs> Do you want to translate that for us? Uh, we can say. I guess in Spain they could not have bread but genius and good humor right yes we can we could be in a hunger and we're still being happy and having this kind of relationship we have between each other yeah maybe it's about that okay and they say that he's an iconoclast um don latino and I yes, think... he mentioned Miguel de Unamuno, that is a Spanish philosopher. 
And I recommend you to read him. Okay. Maybe and I think I'm just skimming. I think that's it. Nothing else really happens in this. It's it's a long enough scene, but nothing important really happens in it. Yep, nothing happens. Just they mention some authors of Spain or international authors of that moment, and that's all. Okay, so let's move to scene eight. And let's see. So we start with a phone call. Dieguito is on the phone. We only hear one half of the call. And he mentions um, he's already given the order to set him free. So that's someone yeah. powerful who can do that. That's Max. He's set free, I guess, right? Exactly. Because he's, Max is a friend of the governor. Yes. So there's a... El Ujier, I guess, is that just an usher, the translation? What? Ujier is usher? Mm-hmm. Should be the, the security guard in the, okay. in the important buildings, that is. I feel like, well, he seems quite close to the minister to be just a security, um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. He's some kind of lower person in the in the building he doesn't want to let max in max you know says and he's kind of he doesn't a little an ass move here where he says like no the, he's in a meeting no one can go in but i can go in and max is like well then i'm going with you <laughs> so that's impossible but eventually he does announce him um because it turns out that max does know the minister mm-hmm. uh... <laughs> Yeah, so Max goes in and, and talks to the minister and um, I was worried this was going to go badly, that like Max didn't, you know, he wouldn't recognize him or something like that. But no, he, he remembers him and they they chat away and they get on like old friends and it's really good. And the minister is genuinely happy to see Max. They're happy that he's been freed. He After he leaves, he even says to the others like that, you know, that's a great guy and he gives him some money. Or a kind of pension, like a regular uh, alliance from the state, which he takes off the police who who arrested Max in the first place. Which I thought was quite funny. But no, this is a really, this is my favorite scene in the play. Why? Because it's a scene of nice people being nice. The the minister is really nice and friendly and they remembers Max. And I think they mentioned that he used to like his sister potentially and they... Um, Max remembers a poem that the minister had written for his sister many years ago and he can't believe that he still remembers it and you know he respects Max's poetry and they take his address and say that he'll you know have some money sent around every month it's nice it's just happy people maybe the only wood is seen in in this experimento yeah and that's why this is my my favorite scene in the play Yeah, I like the ones with the prisoners, so sorry. (laughs) And the funny joke at the end is Max says, my dog is waiting for me because he's blind and he means like his guide dog, but he really means Don Latino. You know that we use dog, I mean, perro, with two meanings, with someone is following you and wants to be by your side always. Yes, yes. Same time when someone has two faces and... Mm, what's just playing mm, it's like saying someone's your lap dog but also saying they're a bitch I guess right that's the double meaning yeah but I don't think Don Latino is two-faced I think he's a good chap no do you think Don Latino is a good chap he's friends with Max and he's guiding him in the first scene he steals the money of Max did I miss that? I don't remember him stealing money. When they go to Ferratrusa bookshop and he asked for the money, Ferratrusa said that I could give you back the, the books and you give me the money, but I sell the books just a minute ago and they yeah. have the books there and Don Latino can see the books, but not Max. So they have some kind of treatment 
between them. Okay, I thought that he, I felt bad for Don Latino. I thought that he's tried to sell the books to help his friend, but he couldn't get a good price for them. But you think he swindled him? Yes. Okay. Um, I was very um, trusting. I believed him, you know. Matt's daughter knows about it, so the first thing... That's why they didn't want him to go. Okay, so I missed that. I thought that everything was fine. See, I worry when I read something in Spanish that I will miss little details, you know? I know, and this book is so hard to read in Spanish. <laughs> yes, but it was, it was fun. Um, so let's move on to the ninth scene. Here we are in a different cafe, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, we meet Ruben Darío. That is a real... Mm, poet Ruben yeah yeah so we're in the cafe Max and Don Latino it's El Cafe Colón as you say we meet um, Ruben as well um, I think that Max they talk about how good each other is which is which is fine um, again I'm trying to think if anything important happens other than just a conversation with Ruben um, Here, in this conversation important to say that Max says I can I come here to shake your hand for last time. Being for the last time, because Max thinks he's going to die still, right? Yes. Okay. And you know, Ruben, um let's see. Yeah, they mentioned each other is a genius and that kind of thing. So a little bit of don't want to say circle jerking, but you know, whatever. And I think that's more more or less all that happens in that scene. There's nothing else to, to important in it, is there? No. No, I didn't think so. Okay, so now we get to my second uh, favorite scene, scene 10. Max yeah. and Don continue wandering around in their picaresque manner, and they come against two old prostitutes, basically? Yes. Yeah. And we don't know where they are, but according to the loca- locations of the, the different um, coffees and bars, and as we more or less know which, which one they were, we they probably, this thing probably will be um, in the Retiro. Mm-hmm. They don't mention the place, but could be the Retiro or Parque del Oeste. In the Retiro? No. No, but the Retiro is a lovely park of romance. Don't tell me there's just old prostitutes in it. Paseo con jardines? That is more or less El Retiro? Ah, oh, but this is going to sully my, 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 my beautiful idea of El Retiro. El Retiro has two sides. The one during the day that you know and the one during the night. Okay, and I never. Next time, I need to go in the night and investigate. <laughs> I assume they closed it. So, interestingly, one—it's not important—but one of the one of the um, prostitutes mentions the Rey de Portugal again. So I guess they know him as well. <laughs> because maybe the Rey, the Rey, el Rey de Portugal is not only the husband of Enrique Talapisa Bien. It's. What do you say? This one that has a, the boss of a lot of... The people. pimp. Yes. You think he's their pimp? But not with his wife, right? His wife's not a... Okay. But with these ones, potentially. So let's say what happens in this scene. And I mean, Max is... At this point, he's drunk. Um, and they've got these two prostitutes. I, they, I, I was suspicious of why Don Latino leads him in here, knowing that Max is married and then doesn't take him away and lets him talk to the girls. And then he's like feeling her face and then potentially elsewhere. And. Do you think that that Don Latino cares about Max? Well, yes. At this point, I thought that Don Latino was just a really good chap. And I thought, you know, he should be a good friend now and take his friend away. Like you've got a drunk blind friend and you, you've, you know, you've, you've given him to these two prostitutes basically. And he mentioned that he doesn't have any money. Um, somehow they get around that anyway. They they basically are happy enough to just, you know, be taken to a cafe and given some food, I think they said at one point. 
And I, I'm surprised, but I think in the end, Max, Max cheats on his wife. So I didn't like that. And his friend let him do it as well. And I didn't like that either. No, um, Max doesn't do anything. Just the Latino Are you sure? Kid. Yeah, Max, no. But Latino does. No, Latino does. Mm-hmm. Max is just chatting with the prostitute. Okay. Are we 100% sure on that? Okay. It's not something explicit. It doesn't specifically say, yeah. yeah. So maybe we I made an assumption there. It doesn't specifically say, you know, he didn't he did or didn't do anything. I I just assume that that's fade to black and, you know, he did. But maybe maybe not. Maybe not. Let's let's think good of Max because I do like Max. So but it's funny when he's you know he's doing the thing that blind people do right to feel her face and to figure out what she looks like and she kind of says don't don't feel my face feel my body you know (laughs) (laughs) and then it kind of cuts off and it mentions that they're just left in in you know various shadows so i assume that okay something's going on there but but maybe not so scene 11 I think Max and Don Latino are now, this is afterwards, right? So they're now leaving. They're, they're walking uh, along the street again. Madrid, Austria, Cota, is the center of Madrid. Mm-hmm. You know, Madrid Morales is Puerta del Sol and some of the streets around that. Okay. So there's a mother with a dead baby. Yes. It's very strange to throw that in at this late stage, but then with picaresque situations, you can do that. You can just put random stuff in each scene, like from you know event to event. Uh, again, this is that realistic scene, not a esperpento one. So here again, you cannot find any kind of esperpentic descriptions. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a it's a cold scene. It's a chilling scene that that brings you back to reality, right after the the other stuff, the the esperpentic stuff. Because now we've got a mother with a dead baby, and we've got a whole bunch of different extras who are all tradesmen of different kinds. You know, all working different jobs and things like that. There's a porter and I think a builder and someone else, and they you know they all kind of come in and say little bits. But um, basically, someone uh, do we find out why the baby was killed? Like it's a very very short scene. This one. Um, it's the same following the, the working class strikes. Part of the strikes problems, right. So. And we move so, on to scene 12, I guess. It's short, but it's chilling. And it's, yeah, essentially an interlude, as you say. Um, In some part of the this scene, they mentioned that they killed someone on the street. And this probably could be the the anarchist. Right. So do you want to tell us about scene 12? This is where we've got Max and Don Latino again. Max mentions that it's very cold. Um, I mean, essentially, these guys have been wandering around for a while now, and they're cold and hungry, right? Yes, they didn't eat anything. Um, Max sold their, their jacket. So they don't have the jacket to cover them because they spend the money in, of the jacket in, in alcohol. Mm-hmm. Why does he not go home to his wife and daughter? He's blind, so he cannot go. And Don Latino- Okay, well, two things, two things. Number one, I still assumed at this point that Don Latino was a good friend and would take him home. And I'm confused about why he didn't. But also Max must have, I mean, I know he's blind, but he's an adult man. Or he's only been blind for one year, though, so he might not be used to it. I keep forgetting he's not been blind his whole life, that maybe he knows his way around the city now. He's, it's still new to him. So, yeah, maybe he still needs a guide. Um, so that's, that's tricky for him. Yeah, I, I hope that Don Latino will take him back. But I th- Max accidentally, or on purpose, I don't know, wasn't a good father and husband here. Because this is what he basically says to his family at the beginning of the book. Everything's ruined. Let's all kill ourselves. By the way, I'm just going to pop out with my friends. And he just doesn't come back. And they're like, what? Is he dead? Is he alive? <laughs> well, 
Anyway, I don't want to talk about the, the end. Okay. I mean, yeah. I don't want to say what's happening at the end. Important here in this scene is that um, coming back to the Pajin clan, remember that this, this is the first Sperpento play he writes. Mm. And here in this screen, we have like what should be the definition of Sperpento for him. So, for example, when Max says, la tragedia nuestra no es tragedia, our tragedy is not a tragedy, because it's a comedy. Mm -hmm. so, I'm still not sure if I really understand the esperpento exactly. Yeah. Um, the classical heroes reflected in the mirrors, they give us the, the esperpento. This tragic sense of the Spanish life. Do you find mm -hmm. that? No, I'm looking for it in the... Is it near the beginning of the scene or near the end? Uh, middle. In the middle. Oh, that's not helpful. It's quite a long scene as well. It's middle beginning. It's following the dialogues. Is Los Héroes Clásicos Reflejados en los Espejos con Cabos Dan el Esperpento? Oh, yes, you're right. This is I, I don't see it now, but I remember reading it and looking up Esperpento at the time. So that's where we get the uh, the word itself in the play. Yeah. Yes. Spain is a grotesque deformation of the European civilization. The image, the, more beautiful, the most beautiful image in a mirror. Yeah, I have it. I find it, yeah. mirror, they are grotesque. Mm. So... Let's say what really happens in this scene. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I said that I didn't, I didn't want to tell the end, and you said that. Yeah. Oh, I, th I thought you didn't want to give a spoiler before we got to it, and now we got to it. You don't <laughs> want to give it at all. So we're not going to give a spoiler, um, but something really serious happens at the end of this scene. <laughs> And we're laughing because we've had to edit <laughs> because we've decided to to go the PJ road and not give a spoiler. Um, so something very serious happens at the end of the scene, and now we move on to scene thirteen. And this is where we start to differ because I think your book ends now. <laughs> so I'm going to very quickly say what happens in the remaining couple of scenes because we don't want to give the spoiler, but we. We have the family gathered again. We see the wife and the daughter. And so they're together and um, talking with a bunch of friends. And so you don't have this chap, Basilio Sulinake. Uh, I have it, but in the same scene. Okay, so maybe the numbering is just different. Yes, I have him, Basilio Sulinake. That's a false name, I, I think it says, but I don't I don't remember much about him. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he does a lot. Um, no, until the, that part that we don't want to. Yeah, the problem is we don't want to say too much now at the end. There's some tra comical, tragic scenes. Um, I think it is quite sad, but there's some bits of comedy mixed in with it. And there are some sad moments for the family. I move on to scene 14, where we have really can't mention this scene at all because it's some people employed in their in their work, but I can't say what because that will completely give the spoilers away. And then the poet Ruben uh, is there with the with the Marques, and they catch up and they say, Oh, we always meet here, and they just talk. And that's it. I, I don't really know why this scene is here. And when I read it, I thought this scene is irrelevant. This scene could be cut from the play. Uh, I'm, I'm reading now something just over. So you still have this. You just have it all as one long scene yeah, at the yeah. end. Yeah. Okay. So I just want Ruben Darío saying like, don't you love um, William? And do you know which William it is? Wait, where, where are we now? No, which William? Which William? Which William? Just, you can know. Have you ever met any Ophelia? And then... They talk about Ophelia and Hamlet. Yeah. 
Yes, of course, they're talking about William Shakespeare, so. Ah, right, yes, of course. Sorry, yes, of course. Yes, that's stupid. And then we move to the very last scene, the Cena Ultima. I guess you have this also just as part of the same thing. And again, I I think the last two scenes could be cut from the play completely. I think that previous scene, they talk about Shakespeare and they talk. uh, I don't think anything is achieved. And then the last scene, we have the back in the tavern again, Pica Largatos, the Chico de la Taberna. They talk about the lottery again, so that comes back up. Yeah, they talk with, about what happened with the Max family. Yeah. I Once Max is no longer really ha- in these last two scenes, I, I stopped caring. For me, he's, you know, he's the main character. Um, the only reason I like this last scene is because right at the very end, we get a second tragedy in the closing lines. And didn't you realize in this last scene about Don Ladino? No. And everything, he shows his real face. But he does, didn't care about Max as a good friend, just about money or hmm. this, this film going that um max ha no because donald latino wants to get max's books published but why he wants because he wants because he's a friend because he's a friend he wants to make money about it no oh i don't know i i can't i can't describe these kind of motivations to people is the spanish because um, but yeah, there's another tragedy right at the end, and that's that's the Bohemian Lights, I guess. Yes. What do you think about the book? I loved it. I, you know, I can read a novel in Spanish because I only have to give a summary of it. But with a play, I go into a lot more detail, and that's difficult in another language. With Lorca, I read it in English, so it was fine. But yeah. it's trickier um, to read a play in Spanish where I want to basically describe everything that's happening in it and uh, you know in a, in a podcast and i'm looking back at the book but it's not jumping out at me because it's in spanish so it's not as easy to record about but i really enjoyed the play i couldn't find it in, in english i mean i, I prefer so, so this is irrelevant but i i was struggling i told you i've been reading some spanish books this month and they've been very boring and i'm really struggling with it this play i find relatively easy so it was actually really refreshing to read something in Spanish that I enjoyed um, after trying to read um, Mario Vargas Llosa. So I'm, I'm very happy. This came at the right moment. It was a very enjoyable play. And I'm really happy to read a, a Galician author. So. so I'm glad that you like, because I thought you wouldn't like this. this. <laughs> oh, you recommended something you thought I wouldn't like. Perfect. Yeah, because you told me <laughs> I didn't like too much Miguel Hernández, not the same poems as I like. Mm. And it's like, look at the poemia goes more or less insane. <laughs> no, I like this. I liked Hernandez. I liked um, Lorca, both the poems and the plays. So altogether, this was very good. I thought that that's all we were going to do. But I think you mentioned yesterday that maybe in the future we'll do one more play. Is that right? I have some some books for you that I want you to read. Okay, no. I will they're take any more... recommendations. Yes, they are not so so big, just small as Luces de Bohemia. And Luces de Bohemia is bigger comparing with the others, more like the Lorca plays. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, any books I'll read, but you mentioned one play in particular that we would do next time, didn't you? The Foundation, La Fundación. Yes, okay. From Buero Vallejo, that was an author from more or less that time. Okay, well, we'll do that one maybe next month. Yes, and it's really, really cool to read it. It's so easy. And it's the Spanish that they use is easier than this one, so it will be easier for you. Okay, perfect. Language was okay in this one. Do you know why? There's a lot of dialogue. When, when I struggle with Spanish when there's not a lot of dialogue, which is why I struggle with any Latin American books, because they're really boring. So a play is all dialogue, so it's perfect. <laughs> Here in these books, I, I think that the m- most important part is how the author plays with the languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, using Latinisms, uh, at the same time using smart expressions with 
popular ones. So yeah, yeah, little things like that. I'm not gonna always pick up on, you know. For me, the problem was the idioms. So yeah. I was worried about the idioms for you. But well, you that's fine. That is us. That was Ramon del Valle Inclan, Luces de Bohemia. Thank you for giving me the book and for discussing the play. And anyone listening, please have a bohemian day. Thank you, too. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.